Mutual. Nothing personal. Word of the day, Tuesday, April 27th, 2021. I couldn't believe it when Coke and I were preparing for the show when he told me we've never used mutual as the word of the day. Mutual happens all the time in sports by mutual agreement. The general manager has decided to step away. By mutual agreement, the manager has been fired. We mutually agreed. How do you mutually do something? Doesn't it have to be completely at the same time? Hi, uh, Dick. Hi, it's Jeff. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I got something to talk to you about. Hey, I got something to talk to you about. Well, yeah. Hi, I'm Jeff Breidish, the GM of the Colorado Rockies. Hi, I'm Dick Monfort, the owner of the Colorado Rockies. Do you have something to say? I got something to say. You have something to say? Let's say it together on three. One, two, I quit. You're fired. What? Wait, what did you say first? Did you just fire me? No, no, no. You said you quit. I don't have to pay you now on your contract. You quit. You're done. No, no, no. You fired me. Well, we said it at the same time. This is mutual. Folks, that doesn't happen ever, ever. Teams announce it every time, and I just don't know why. I never announced that something was mutual when we did a firing or a hiring. It's never mutual. Why would a GM of a team, albeit a last place team, albeit a team that is in shambles in the Mile High City, I guess they could use to watch Half-Baked and maybe try to run their team that way, a team that had such a tumultuous offseason, trading Nolan Arenado. An article came out in the athletic saying that the front office, the ownership, it's just a complete nightmare. Couldn't believe they were writing that about the Rockies and not me. How great is that? All of a sudden out of nowhere, news comes out that Jeff Breidich is out as Rockies GM and they're going to go with an interim GM for the rest of the season and do a full search at the end of the season. Cause you know, between now and October, you're able to really not identify candidates or think about the type of GM you want. You have to wait till October. That's not why. People have to wait till the end of the season to get permission. If someone called our team and wanted to hire away an AGM or a head of player personnel right before the draft, which is in June, or during the course of a season or getting ready for postseason or whatever the case may be, we would not give permission. But what we wouldn't say is the search will begin for a full-time replacement after the season. That's not correct. The search begins now. You identify people you want to interview. You identify people you're going to hire. And then you do it at the end of the season. So why would Jeff Breidich and Dick Monfort mutually agree to part ways? Well, the Rockies have the worst record in the National League. Does that matter? Is that why you fire a GM after 22 games? I think the Rockies are what, 8-14, and 14, Coca? Some record that's not very good. Worst in the National League. But they were supposed to be worst in the National League. There's so much parity. Everyone's around 500 right now. So what would happen on a random Monday? Would it, would it be a loss? Would it be the fact that they can't win on the road? Would it be just that Jeff wants to spend more time with his family? Would it be that Dick Monfort finally said, Gnug? It's He, by the way, of all people, he would never say Gnug. It's enough. We need a new voice. No, none of those are the reason. Here's what actually happened in Colorado. 
based on my experience with getting rid of managers and GMs and hirings and firings and timing, et cetera, there has been so much heat on the owner, Dick Montfort recently, that he needed to start in earnest the DP, the deflection process. Anytime there's a lot of negative articles about an owner, where there's a lot of sources, a lot of anonymous sources, how bad the organization is being run, how much power the owner actually wants and has and exercises and uses, which of course is his prerogative. Some owners start the deflection process. In order to truly deflect, you have to do two things. You have to make a firing and you have to make a hiring. The firing is when you get rid of someone where you can then behind the scenes through leaks to the media, through conversations with your other employees and with your fans, where you can identify a cause for the pain that they are suffering. Yes, we're eight and 14. Yes, we traded Nolan Arenado. Yes, we've had bad free agent signings. Yes, the fact that we made the playoffs in back-to-back years in 2000, what, 17 and 18 is a rearview mirror type of thing. We just felt that this GM was not going to be the long-term solution. The deflection process has begun. But he also announced quietly yesterday, Dick Montfort did, that Greg Fiesel, someone I've known forever, Greg Fiesel's been with the Rockies, former uh, football player. The Rockies have been without a team president since 2010 when their team president unexpectedly died in a hotel room, I believe. Kelly McGregor was a really, really good, nice man. Young, just dropped dead on the road one day, I believe. The Rockies announced they are hiring Greg Fiesel to be their president, first president since Kelly McGregor, and he's going to oversee baseball and business. I was the president of a team that oversaw both baseball and business, obviously reporting directly into the owner who had a very uh, um, involved MO in baseball and business because that's what owners should have. I was the go-between in terms of the owner and the GM, the owner and the all of the baseball people on every level, the owner and the marketing people, finance people. That's sort of the job of a president to both serve as a sword and a shield for the owner. You shield the owner from any bad press. You use your sword when you want to impact the owner's philosophies on the organization, both off and on the field. So when you deflect blame and fire, you then give the appearance that you are, what's the word, Coca? Allocating power? That's not the word. When you give someone the power to do something else, you are blanking power. Can you imagine this is happening, Coca? God damn it. Come on, help me, Rhonda. One time, not deflect power. When you empower somebody to do something, Just cut the show. Delegate. Thank you, Coca. Ah, right here. (laughs) Right at the tip of the tongue. You delegate power to a president, wink, wink, because then you get to say to editorial boards, you get to say to people in the media, you get to say to employees, you get to say to players, 
that you are taking a step back and you've delegated power to this new president of both business and baseball. Here's the problem. Fiesel is Monfort's right-hand man. Fiesel is Monfort's hatchet man. Fiesel is Monfort's consigliere. Fiesel is Monfort. Monfort is Fiesel. Fiebert. Fiesfert. <laughs> trying to make an amalgam of the names. It's not working, Dick. If you are trying to let people know that you're going to take a step back because you realize your organization has a problem, then you bring in a president who is not related to you. And I don't mean familiarly. I mean, in terms of been in the organization, has already had the power just without the title. He was the COO. You don't announce that Jeff Breidich walked into your office and said he thinks he's had enough. And you say, that seems like a good idea. And then you announce that it's a mutual parting of ways. You come out and you take the microphone and you say the following. My name is Dick Monfort. I've been the owner of this Colorado, Colorado Rockies team, and I've seen it through good times and bad. We've had a World Series appearance. We've had playoff appearances. We've had tragedy. We've had success. We've had failure. We've had signings that worked. We've had signings that didn't work. What we've always had and that you don't understand because it is being reported incorrectly. I want to win for this community as badly as you want to win. I try every day to run a responsible company. Yes, a responsible company that leads to not just fiscal responsibility, but wins on the field. I take an active role in the business and baseball side, and I wanted someone else executing my wishes from the GM chair. I wanted someone executing my wishes from the president's chair. We work together because I am the owner and I'm not going anywhere. And together we will have this window of losing close as quickly as possible. And we will start bringing a winning team to you again. That is my commitment. That'd be a way to meet the media, wouldn't it? Be a possibility at least. For whatever reason, the Rockies have operated their own way like other teams do. But I can't figure out why MLB does not get involved and help its teams make smarter announcements. Make smarter announcements. Mutual. It's the nothing personal word of the day. By the way, on a side note, remember how I said nothing can happen mutually? I meant it. Nothing happens mutually. Nothing. Whatever you're thinking that can be mutual, it's not. Did you watch Shohei Otani last night, Coca? Shohei Otani, that guy from Japan, that guy who's a pitcher, that guy who's a hitter, that guy who's leading the league in home runs, that guy who bats second in the game in which he pitches, noteworthy, your best hitter bats second. I think Trout should be batting second in that lineup. Noteworthy because no one since Babe Ruth had batted that high in the lineup, batted second, led the league in home runs, and pitched. That's Babe Ruth. Yeah, that Babe Ruth. Shohei Otani is healthy. Shohei Otani is raking. How are the Los Angeles Angels doing? Are you pleased with their season? Is this the year that Mike Trout, who, by the way, is having an MVP type year? Do I say, by the way, too much, Coca? 
I feel like that's become my verbal cl- cl- crutch. I don't say literally anymore, but by the way, is sort of a lazy person's statement when you have a microphone in front of you. I don't need to say, by the way, I just can say what I'm about to say next. And it doesn't necessarily have to relate to what I was saying before because it's our damn show. By the way, I forgot to mention, I'm just kidding. I'm going to work on that for next week, I promise. So the Los Angeles Angels have a slight problem. I have maintained that you need pitching and defense to win in Major League Baseball. The Los Angeles Angels are currently ranked first in ERA. How great is that? No, they've got the worst ERA in baseball. That's what they're first in. They've got the highest ERA of any team in baseball as a pitching staff. That's not how you can win, guaranteed. How's their defense? That'll be helpful. Uh Uh-oh. They have the top defense also. They have the number one pitching staff, if you want a high ERA. They have the number one defense if you want to have the most errors. Other than that, they are perfectly equipped and ready to win. They have Mike Trout, who's putting up numbers like he's never put up. They have Shohei Otani, who's pitching and hitting and healthy. We told you before the season started, if you don't pitch and you don't play defense, you can't win. Over 162 games, the Los Angeles Angels have a problem. One problem they don't have is the contract of Shohei Otani. Remember, he came from Japan. Remember how in the old days, only the rich big market teams were able to get Japanese players because there was no limit as to what the MLB teams could pay to the Japanese teams in order to wrestle away the Japanese players to Major League Baseball. But Major League Baseball worked with the international leagues in Japan, the Nippon Professional League, and said the maximum amount that any team can pay to get a player is $20 million, as though that would make a difference. I'm going to go to Jeffrey Loria. Anybody, 20 teams are going to go to their owner and say, hey, give me 20 million extra, and it's got to be cash paid right now. Give me 20 million. We're going to give it to the Japanese team. Then we're going to bring over the Japanese player. There's a limit to what we can sign him for because it used to be you could sign a Japanese player for whatever you wanted. No salary cap, no slotting, no nothing. Now there are limits to what you can sign Japanese players for, international players. But give me 20 million. We're then going to sign him for a couple million dollars. We'll be in for $22 million for this player who's ready to help right now. Now we can pay him the minimum. And once we give him a signing bonus, but let's say we pay Shohei Otani 600 grand in his first year. We're really paying him 20 million plus 2 million plus 600 grand. That's $22.6 million for a player who's never played in Major League Baseball. But we've got him for six years. So we can spread the $20 million in our head over six years, amortize it. That's only like $3 million a year extra. And then the signing bonus of $2 million we can spread over six years. Call it 2.4. That's $400,000 over six years. So really... We're only paying him three, six plus the minimum $4 million to be a first year player. That's good, isn't it, owner? And then Shoyatani has Tommy John. <sighs> Is that a good sign? Shoyatani was eligible for arbitration this past season. He signed a two year, $8.5 million deal, making $3 million this year, $5.5 million next year. Good so far, right? That seems good for getting the proration of the signing bonus. 
and the posting fee. Just pretend he's making three million and five and a half million as a player entering arbitration. He's a mature player because he played in Japan. He's a two-way player, which arbitration hasn't really seen. They don't know how to handle. Everything's good, right? Until Shohei Otani becomes a free agent in 2024. That is what Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred have been waiting for since the day Shohei Otani posted. Because when Shohei Otani joined the Los Angeles Angels, everyone got a memo that said, you may not offer Shohei Otani a long-term contract. You may not promise to sign a long-term contract with him. We're going to monitor and we're going to discipline. And guess what? Major League Baseball has not forgotten about that. Shohei Otani is proving to be a valuable player in Major League Baseball. There's no question about it. Over these three weeks, that's a month. If Shohei Otani does not continue to perform the way he is and the Angels do not start winning, I can assure you that Shohei Otani is not worth a Mike Trout type contract, no matter how well he does in this season. Unless he was promised. The Marlins tried to put money aside to see if they could sign Shohei Otani. The Twins, the Giants, the Mariners, the Red Sox. I could name 29 teams. Everyone wanted Shohei Otani. Everyone tried to open up the most they could in signing bonus money to get Shohei Otani. The Yankees, as you recall, made a trade to get extra international slot money to try to sign Shohei Otani. But he stayed on the West Coast, purportedly because it's closer to Japan. That's a rumor I always heard that Japanese players prefer to play on the West Coast, closer to Japan, until I met Ichiro. And I spoke to Ichiro about that, and he told me it was a bunch of horse hockey. Players sign where they're going to get offered the most money, where they feel the most comfortable. We, when we tried to get Ichiro, we actually did this, Coca. We tried to explain what a great Japanese community we have in Miami. <laughs> so stupid. Like Ichiro wanted a list of sushi restaurants. He never did. And a list of how big the Japanese population is in Miami. He never did. He wanted to know how much he was going to play and what he was going to get paid. Shohei Otani did not pick the Los Angeles. Choose. Thank you. You pick your nose. You choose your friends. Sometimes you pick your friend's nose. That's how I learned it. You don't say pick when you should say choose. Shohei Otani chose the Los Angeles Angels. And you heard it here. And MLB believes you too. Because it is our feeling that he has an agreement in place on what a long-term deal will look like. And he was guaranteed to have the opportunity, no matter what, to be a two-way player. Why am I talking about Shohei Otani so much? Because he's getting so much attention. The Los Angeles Angels are getting so much attention. And I'm not throwing shit on them. I'm just pointing out that in a season where offenses are sputtering, pitching is ruling the day. When you have the worst pitching staff in baseball, you will not win anything. Do you know what's going on right now with, do you know who's got the worst hitting team, Coca? Did you watch the Baltimore Orioles beat the Yankees? I don't know what's going on with the Yankees, except I've got to wait to see that Brian Cashman is done. And I think that's going to happen. 
I don't know if I have a way to see on Aaron Boone, but I think I may. The Yankees have a real problem. They are hitting as a team 2-0-3. Do you know what rank that is? Number one. They've got the worst average for a team in Major League Baseball. Yankees like saying they're number one. They are number one. You know the best hitting team is in baseball right now, Coca? Two guesses. The Boston Red Sox are hitting 276. There is no surprise when you are in the top 10 in pitching, the top 10 in hitting, the top 10 in defense, and the top 10 in run differential, you are going to be a playoff team. There are almost no exceptions to that. We always wanted to be top 10 in pitching and then in the middle of the pack in hitting and top 10 in defense, and you are going to make the playoffs that way. We were never able to even be a middle-of-the-road pitching team. The Yankees have a problem in an era in a – month. I don't want to call it an era. I can't say the balls are dead. You shouldn't say that. We don't know whether or not the balls are deadened. All we know is that pitching is far ahead of hitting right now. But even comparatively speaking, the Yankees have a problem. Take a look up and down their lineup. Stanton's below 200. Gary Sanchez. Do you remember opening day, Coca? What did Gary Sanchez do opening day? I'm having some recollection. It's only, it's not even a month ago. I believe Gary Sanchez had at least one home run on opening day, or maybe had a home run opening day and a home run game too. Something was going on with him where everyone said, look, he's back. Everything's perfect. Gary Sanchez, MVP caliber player. He's back to below 200. Aaron Judge, I think, is hitting 250. That's what it was, Coco, right? He had a homer in back-to-back games to start the season. How long ago does the start of the season feel, whether your team's in first place or last place? The standings are all upside down in baseball right now. Remember, April doesn't matter. Don't drive yourself crazy. Coca's whispering something. I can't hear you, Coca. I'm talking. Talk louder. Oh, he hasn't? Gary Sanchez has not homered since game two of the regular season? Well, that's not very good, is it, Coca? So I was thinking about the Yankees and their issues with hitting. I was thinking about the Angels and their issue with pitching. I was wondering how it is that the San Francisco Giants may be tied for with the Dodgers for the best record and the A's in baseball. A's, Giants, Dodgers, California, California, California. Guess who's got the best pitching staff in baseball right now? Yes, sir. The San Francisco Giants. Guess who has the best defense in baseball right now with only six errors? Yes, sir, the San Francisco Giants. Are you getting the picture? Pitching, defense, pay attention. Don't worry, we've got Corey Kluber. We're going tonight, we're good. And we're playing the Orioles, we can't lose to the Orioles. True, we've lost four in a row to them, or maybe four in a row in Baltimore, whatever the stat is, who cares? If you're in New York right now, you're despondent because the epicenter of baseball is in California. Baseball is about to be one month finished already. I can't even believe that. All right. Do we have a prediction that the Marlins and Royals are not going to make the playoffs? I think we do because they won the Grapefruit League and the Cactus League. And if you win the Cactus and Grapefruit League, it doesn't mean you're going to do anything during the regular season. Meanwhile, the Royals are off to a hot start. The Marlins are playing great. The Marlins crushed our pick of the day by beating Corbin Burns. That really bothered me. Did you watch that game? 
I watch that game. I don't know how I watch so many games. I go back and forth and I buffer and I not buffer and I switch on MLB TV and then regular Hulu Live. I'm going watching the local games, then the national games, then different games, games at night, games during the day. Not every pitch of every game, some pitches of some games. But I was very focused on the Brewers because Corbin Burns, who, by the way, still has not walked a batter. He's now struck out 49 batters and walked zero. How good is that? It's good enough to lose to the Marlins. He gave up four runs. Trevor Rogers, yes, that Trevor Rogers, the guy we drafted in 2017, beat the Brewers, and we lost our pick of the day. We're now 54 and 39. I hate losing. I'm sorry. I just do. There's a game I'm going to watch tonight that fascinates me. Red Sox-Mets. And the reason I want to watch Red Sox-Mets is that You've got two pitchers going who are on the ropes. Garrett Richards was brought in by the Red Sox to be decent. He's not. Peterson of the Mets is trying to somehow, they're trying to find somebody to pitch well. I guess you could say Stroman's fine. You could say Walker's okay. Peterson, they've got to get something out of. It won't be tonight. They're both pitching for their rotation lives. When that happens, take the team who's playing better. That's the Red Sox. Red Sox over the Mets. Nothing personal pick of the day. We are 54 and 39 because the Brewers lost to the Marlins. <clears throat> sort of bothers me. All right, Coca, something happened with the Mets. And it's not that Steve Cohn is not focused on the Mets winning because he is. It's not that he's worried about the Mets start because he's not. But what he is worried about is the Benjamins. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. When you're new to Nothing Personal, and every day I get a report of how many new people are listening to Nothing Personal, thank you. Welcome to Nothing Personal. We are 45 minutes. We bring you something almost every day. Really every day. Like Pudge tomorrow. Yes. Can't wait for that. You're going to like that. So every day you can ask a question on Twitter at David P. Sampson. You can go on Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, review, follow. And we're going to get to your questions. So you want to talk to Sampson as a segment where you ask a question, we give an answer, and we're both half-baked. Question. Why does Steve Cohn want to buy SNY? Well, thank you very much for asking. Let's go back in time. First, SNY is the network owned by the Mets, started by the Mets, to show Mets games. Why do you start a network when you can? Because you can. Because any revenue you get from the network does not count toward revenue sharing. You don't have to share all the profits that your network makes. You do have to pay your own team a reasonable rights fee deal and that team takes that rights fee deal into its revenue that goes into the calculation for revenue sharing. But believe me, SNY is not paying the Mets what the Mets would get from an independently owned third-party network. Not even close. Baseball knows it. The Wilpons knew it. Steve Cohn knew it. When the Mets were for sale, the Wilpons made it clear that they were selling for what they wanted, 2.4 billion, and that got you the team, not the network, the team. When you're buying a team, you do something called due diligence. When you're buying anything, you do due diligence. When you do anything, you should do your due diligence. That's D-O-D-U-E. 
while you are in between. That means you are learning about how a business works. You're learning like when you inspect a house, when you're going to buy a house, you're learning whether or not there's termites. You're learning whether or not the washing machine works. You are learning whether or not the roof needs to be replaced. When you do due diligence to buy a team, you are looking at what the existing revenue is and you are projecting what future revenue can be. When you have a locked in naming rights deal like they do at City Field, then you take that amount of money that's being paid to you every year, that goes into your projections and you know there is zero possibility of changing that. You look at your broadcast deal, the broadcast deal runs out in 2022, Wow, that's an opportunity to really increase your broadcast revenue because we're going to go sell the rights to Mets games to all sorts of different possible content providing platforms. But no, when Steve Cohn bought the Mets, he was stuck with a rights deal paid by SNY. So he goes to the Wilpons and says, I'd like to renegotiate the deal with SNY. The Wilpons say, pound sand. Here's the deal. Buy the team. Don't buy the team. What's your bid? And by the way, if you don't have the highest bid of $2.36 billion, we're going to sell a team to anyone but you because you're the last person in the world we want to have on the team. So Steve Cohn says with any amount of hubris, well-earned hubris, a dash of humility, and a smithereen of smugness, he says, I'm going to buy this team and I'm going to increase the revenue. Then the pandemic hits, no problem. Capacity is up to 33% in New York now. If you can do socially distancing, that's pretty good for City Field. We're going to trade for Lindor. We're going to sign Lindor. I'm going to get a Twitter account and everything's going to be great. And then one of his assistants from his hedge fund calls him up and says, Steve, you've got a small problem. All the revenue that we told you you were going to get and the projections that we told you were going to have, even though that you were okay losing a couple hundred million dollars over the first few years, we are totally screwed. Well, thank you, Steve said. What's your plan? And they said, we have an idea, Steve. Call up the Wilpons and offer to buy the network because the network is extremely profitable and we're not getting those profits. This is your play. Steve Cohn calls up the Wilpons and says, I know you've got the $2.36 billion for the team, but I'd like to buy the network. I'm willing to pay another $2 billion. This network is worth at least $2 billion, by the way, at least given its free cash flow, probably $5 billion, $6 billion, $7 billion. The Mets do not own 100% of that network. They have sold off parts of it. It was a joint venture. No one can start a network by themselves. You need to partner with a cable company or with some sort of media company or a bank to borrow the money and they want a piece of it. There's all sorts of ways to put a deal together. The bottom line is the Mets don't own all of SNY, but the Mets have a say in whether or not they sell what they own or even the whole SNY if there are tag-along rights. Tag-along rights mean when someone who's in charge wants to sell his or her shares, all the limited partners and the other people who own part of it, there's a tag-along where you get to say, if you sell, I sell, and we all sell together. Very important when you're starting a business or bringing in partners, they're all going to want tag-along rights. So why would Steve Cohn want to buy SNY today and not yesterday? He did want to buy it yesterday. The Wilpons didn't want to sell because even after selling the Mets, they were still getting income and cash flow from SNY. 
the only way they're going to sell it now because they could care less about the Mets and about Steve Cohn's financial position and about the fact that Lindor is overpaid and about the fact that the rights fee deal is below market. All the things the Mets loved when the Wilpons owned it, they could care less about those same things. Now the Cohn owns it. So in order for Steve Cohn to get SNY, he's going to have to overpay. And I mean by a lot. And that's what the Wilpons are going to say when Steve Cohn approaches them about buying SMY. They're going to say, no problem. Everything's for sale. It's just a matter of price. And you better overpay. So here is what's going to happen. Every day we do, not every day, some days, we do a wait to see. Wait to see is when you tell you something's going to happen. Wait to see is when it either happens or doesn't. And we have accountability on nothing personal, something that many other shows and many other gas bags, of which I'm, of course, one of them, but many other, they never revisit anything. I hate that. Hate's a strong word. I strongly dislike the fact that people throw out hot takes every every Monday and Wednesday, and they never revisit them when they're wrong. We do when we're wrong. We do when we're right. Wait to see. Steve Cohn will be the owner of Sports Channel New York, SNY. I have no reason to believe that SNY stands for Sports Channel New York. I'm completely blanking Sportsnet. Thank you, Coca. Sports Channel is back from my old days, back when back in the Cablevision days. Wait to see. Steve Cohn will make an offer that the Wilpons and the other owners cannot refuse, and he will take over SNY because he will see it is the only opportunity to make the numbers work hard stop because running the Mets on a daily basis, you cannot make money. I know that sounds crazy. And I know Steve Cohn thought he could come in there and change the world and be the Dodgers and be the Yankees and own New York. And then reality set in. Steve Cohn, you're going to have to double down. You're going to have to invest a little bit more money to get the network because that's what makes the world go around. You wait to see, and we will revisit it. When we come back, we're going to review a movie with Anna Kendrick, who you all know I love. Tony Coletti, you know I love. Daniel Day Kim, you know I love. How could they be in a movie that I do not love? Or did I? Wait to see. See you on the other side of this break. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name's David Sampson. Thank you very much for making it through the gauntlet that is CBS Podcasts. Must be working because there's commercials and there's presenting sponsors and there's reads live and otherwise. All sorts of things are happening. One of the things we do on Nothing Personal is I watch a movie every day. We bring to you sports, entertainment, politics, anything that's trending, anything that interests me, anything that interests me and Coca. Coca's got to like it too or else it doesn't make the show. We put together a show at night. We take stuff out. We put stuff in. We do it again in the morning. And we bring to you topics that we love. But one thing that we will always do is review a movie or TV show because I watch a movie every day. Can you believe it? I really do. Every day. I watched a movie called Stowaway two days ago. Stowaway. Could there be more space movies? If you want to watch a space movie, go follow Terry Vert's a former Samson sit down, lucky enough to have him as a friend. You remember the story I told where I got a call from him on the International Space Station? It was not collect, thank God. Terry Vertz has made a documentary about space. Terry Vertz is a great follow on Twitter. Terry Vertz is a great man, a great astronaut, but he's got to sit through these movies because when you're an astronaut, you have to watch every space movie. Now, granted, the cinematography on Stowaway is first class. Granted, the story has more holes than Swiss cheese. Anna Kendrick plays an astronaut. I'm not buying it. It's a two-year mission to Mars. And wouldn't you know it, they're on their way to Mars. And bing, bang, boom, there's a stowaway? What? What are the chances that someone can stow away? I'm not talking about when you hide underneath the wheels of an airplane when it's taking off and you try to get somewhere. But when you stow away in on a ship, how do you stow away on a manned rocket to space? And by the way, damn it, how do you cut that, Coca? 68, 42, 69. How do you stow away on a manned rocket ship? I'm asking because the stowaway in stowaway was not a criminal. He was one of the launch engineers. Wouldn't you think that they do a head count? How many people were helping the launch? Okay, we've got a roster of 20 people. Before we shut the hatch and fire the booster rockets, let's just check to make sure we can count to 20. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh my God, we're only at 19. Where's the guy? Hold off, we got to find the guy. Stowaway, it's only okay. There's some good cinematography. That's about it. Okay. Arsenal. Isn't that their cheer, Coca? Arsenal. 
I think so, right? There's been a lot of fallout from the European Super League. We covered it last week. The six English Premier League teams were going to be part of a Super League. And FIFA and UEFA said, you better not do that. We're going to cut you off. The fans went crazy. The world basically came to an end. And this great commitment by all these teams went away in a matter of 24 to 48 hours. That was a great story last week. What's not being as widely reported is that there is a feeling amongst fans of specific football teams that finally the Americans who own these teams are going to sell. I think we had to wait to see that. Uh, oh, Coca, that Frank McCord is going to sell his team before the start of next year. Somehow, sometime in this calendar year, because he's simply getting crushed and criticized. Fans believe that they're in charge because they stopped the Chelsea bus from going to practice because they're storming the practice fields. They're making their voices heard. They're empowered by the fact that they stopped the Super League. Well, now they're trying to see if they can go one step further. Seeing if they can force a sale. There's a very famous guy. If you're listening to this on Spotify, I'm a poet and I don't even know it. Do you know who started Spotify, Coca? A guy named Daniel Elk. Daniel Elk is a lifelong Arsenal fan. And Daniel Elk went public in a tweet saying, I'm throwing my hat in the ring in case Officer Krupke and his merry band of owners want to sell Arsenal. I've been a lifelong fan and I want to buy. And I tweeted in response to that at David P. Sampson. I said, he better have a lot of cattle underneath that big hat of his because he said he's throwing his hat in the ring. You only need two things to buy Arsenal. One, more money than you can believe. And two, a seller to sell. You can't buy something that's not for sale which goes against every principle that I have, which is everything's for sale. It's just a matter of price. So Daniel Elk, if he's going to buy Arsenal, has to put a group of people together because even if you found that Spotify, it is highly unlikely that you are going to write the check on your own. So he said, I've got an idea. This is how serious I am. I'm going to involve players. I'm going to get Henry and Bergkamp and Patrick Vieira, it doesn't matter the names. I'm going to get players to join my group and try to buy the team from Officer Krupke Sports Enterprises. Gee, Officer Krupke. Do you have any idea why I'm doing that, Coca? Do you know who Officer Krupke is? Do you think I just don't know how to say cranky? Cronky? Cronky? Krupke? Coca, wake up. Do you know what that is? Does Steven Spielberg mean anything to you? Does Rita Moreno mean anything to you? West Side Story? Yes, sir, you got it, Coca. G Officer Krupke. I think it's, I'm really a mess. I don't know, but that's why I'm using it. Coca doesn't like it when I do inside Broadway jokes or movie jokes that he thinks no one in the audience is going to get. And it totally bothers him when he's got to Google stuff that I'm saying, because his view is if he doesn't understand it, then no one in the audience is going to understand it. And my view is it doesn't matter because I understand it. And it makes me laugh. 
and I'm here primarily for you, but secondarily for me. And if I can make me laugh, I'm going to do it. So what do I think is going to happen? Do I think that the Crankies, the Krupkies, how do you pronounce that name? By the way, they, I think they, God darn it, by the way, again, it, do they own the Nuggets as well? I have this feeling they own an NBA team. I also have a feeling they own this EPL team. And they got together and they did a fan forum because they're trying to figure out what to do after the entire ESL Super League mess. So they met fans and they said what every owner of a team says when someone is offering to buy. We're not for sale. We didn't use that approach when selling the Marlins because we had multiple bidders and we were for sale. There was no reason to lie about it. We weren't going to keep it quiet. But if you're Arsenal and you want to not sell your team or you do want to sell your team or you may need some cash flow because the teams are losing money. Some team just came out today, Coca. They lost $64 million. Was it Liverpool? Came out and said they had a $64 million loss. That has to get paid by somebody at Fenway Sports Group. It got paid for by the Redbird Capital who invested $750 million. It did not get paid for by LeBron James. Even rich people, when they lose money, have to pay for it. They can write checks out of their checking account, but most rich people don't keep $64 million in a checking account. They can borrow money from a bank. That's okay, but when you borrow money, you have to pay it back. At some point, even rich people say, that's enough. I don't want to lose any more money. And Daniel Elk is hoping this is the moment that he can combine losses by Arsenal and the fact that all the fans hate him and want that family to sell. And you know how important those factors are to the Krupke family? Zero. Nada. They are not going to be publicly pressured into selling just because you've got a bunch of former players and just because fans protest and say how much they hate you and want you to sell. And all of a sudden, in comes the white knight, Daniel Elk. That's an unfortunate expression. I don't even know what it means. In comes the hero, Daniel Elk, saying, I'm going to save the team. I got a double wait to see, Coca. Daniel Elk and his group of players have very little chance of buying Arsenal, but that's not a good enough way to see. I'm going to make it explicit. The calendar will turn to 2022. The owners of Arsenal are going to see what is going to happen with the Super League, what's going to happen with whether or not UEFA is going to actually find them or discipline them. Going to find out whether or not the UK can get past the pandemic whether or not they can return to reaping the revenue that they had been sowing before. They're going to find out if they can get a new broadcast deal. They're going to find out all of those things before they decide to sell because they're not desperate. You wait to see. Daniel L can go public as much as he wants. He get as many players as he wants, and it's not going to be dispositive in any way. So what are we doing the rest of the week? We got Pudge Rodriguez tomorrow. Yes, we do. We've got another Samson sit down on Thursday. We got the mailbag episode Friday. It's a good end of week for you all. And nothing personal next week is going on the road. Get ready for it, folks. We are taking nothing personal on the road. Me, myself, and I with Coca somewhere being helpful have microphone, have soundboard, have camera, will travel. Where am I going? Why am I going? What am I doing? 
I think I'm going to let you know just about every step of the way, not every step of the way, but maybe every step of the way, how much will be disclosed. That's a wait to see. Nothing personal is still with you every day. That's our show today. I appreciate you. Coca appreciates you. And always remember, when you're going to sell a team, when you're not going to sell a team, when you're going to fire a GM, when you're going to hire a president, all that matters, it's just business. Bye-bye. It's nothing personal. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.